to another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your guest host, our very own social media maven, Mackenzie Passiger. Hey guys, welcome back to Exploring Washington State. Today we've got an avid hiker, John Aragon. He's originally from Puerto Rico and currently lives in the North Bend area. Thanks for being on today. Hi, thank you for the invite. I really appreciate that. Yeah. So how long have you been in Washington State then? I've been in Washington State for three years now and I'm loving it. What's your favorite thing? What made you move to Washington? Well, I came over here for work training and um, I I was amazed by this place and um, I just had to come back like a few months later to show my family and a few years later, we decided that we wanted to live here for, for hopefully forever. <laughs> <laughs> and what made you choose the North Bend area? Um, I like the access to number one to the highway and number two to the mountains. So, um, you know, I'm just a few minutes away from from some of the best hiking and climbing in in Washington. So, I think this is the perfect place to live. Have you, did you start hiking when you moved to Washington or had you already started beforehand? I, my uh, love for nature started when I was a kid. We, we used to have a big property and um, we used to just go in our backyard and just be gone all day climbing trees and, you know, just, uh, we had a really, really tall grass. I mean, I'm talking about like all the way, I mean, to the, when I was a kid, it was as tall as I was. So we will just walk through this maze of, of you know, to these fields and, you know, just climb up and the, the trees and just have fun. So, yeah, it was always uh, entertaining for sure. But getting out into the mountains, had you done that previously um, or did that start in Washington? That started, uh, my brother was working for Yosemite National Park, and um, he invited me to come and visit him. And he told, he asked me what I wanted to do, and um, I told him that I wanted to climb Half Dome. And at that point, I was uh, already training to be a, a traditional or sport climber and uh, in an indoor gym. And uh, when I went to visit him, um, that kicked my butt. Uh, it was... Uh, it was about 10 miles to, to the approach, you know, the approach, it was 10 miles to get in. And, um, then we climbed about seven or eight pitches and then we descended and then hike another 10 or 11 miles. And I realized where I was in my, in my physical condition. Uh, but I mean, we accomplished everything in one day, but it was, it was very difficult. And then after that, I said, you know what? No, I gotta get, I gotta get even deeper into this and like even better. So I started hiking more and traveling for, for, you know, for, for hiking and, and for climbing. And, um, then I got tired of that and I was like, I need to live in a place that I can just have quick access to everything. So that's how I end up up here to open the front door and basically be on the mountain and go pretty wherever. Much, pretty much. I, I can take my bike and in 25 minutes I can be in in Rattlesnake uh, Lake or, you know, I can be in the Iron Horse Trail. Um, so it's, it's super, super easy for me right now. 
Can you explain for those that are listening that might not know what a pitch is when hiking, what that term means? Um, so for, well, that is more of a, <clears throat> of a climbing um, term. So mm-hmm. when you're doing a traditional sport climbing, um, you are basically, you are dividing the, the, uh, the sorry, <laughs> the, yeah. uh, um, the climbing is divided by the, uh, this, how high the, the, I don't know how to explain it, but basically you climb onto a certain point where you have your chains and then, or your anchor and then you set up your anchor and then you bring your partner up with you. So that's one pitch. And then you set up to climb to the next uh, pitch. And so like a pit get, stop. Basically. Yeah. It's like where you. In layman's kinda, terms. <laughs> right. It's, that's where you like go and like set up again because your rope is only as long, right? Uh, typically, a traditional climber will have a 60 or 70 meter rope. So, uh, you know, it will get to maybe like 90 to 100 feet or something like that. And then you do, you bring everything up and then you move on to the next uh, set or pitch, you know, so. Okay, gotcha. Um, okay. So when you first started out hiking, what do you think were the biggest mistakes that you made? Um, the biggest mistakes that I made, it was, uh, maybe getting to the trail a little late. Um, that, that was always kind of my, just kind of underestimating, uh, the, how long it was going to take me. And I have gotten really, really good at that since then. Uh, I, I, I can tell you exactly how long it's going to take me to do something now because I wanted to get really good at that because I wanted to have enough time to finish things, you know, if I started them. So um, I will say that that was my biggest mistake. So I would get to a place and I'll be like, oh, this is going to take me, you know, an hour. And then three hours later, I'm like, oh, shit, you know. <laughs> that took you much longer than you were expecting. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I think I still make that mistake when I'm getting out and hiking, though. I'm like, oh, it's not going to take me that long. And then I'm five hours into it. And I thought, oh, OK. <laughs> Whoops. Now, now people argue with me. They're like, no, it's going to take us two hours. I'm like, no, it's going to take us three and a half hours. It's going to be this. And then typically I am to the T on time. So how did you improve that um, calculating how long it's going to take you to get somewhere? Um, so I started looking at my average mile, um, my speed, um, uh, you know, depending on elevation gain. Uh, I just got a lot more technical with it. And um, when I look at my uh, when I finish hiking, I look at my stacks and I just realize, OK, so, you know, if I was going in this particular area where I climb a thousand feet, it took me this amount of time. And, you know, I, I just kind of see my I, I get to the to the bottom of how long is it going to be for me to finish a you know depending on elevation gain and distance how long is it going to take me and um yeah it's 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 pretty cool whenever you start getting to that to those details you can realize where you're at physically and um so that's how that's how i manage everything now so keeping track of basically all of your statistics for each hike and then being able to reference them again. Right. And then you can compare them to the next hike, you know, and see, you can mm-hmm. kind of average. 
Right. What are what would be your top couple of tips for people that are just getting started out hiking in Washington? Um, what's important for them to know or to be aware of that they might not be because they haven't been out yet or they've only been out once or twice and they want to get more serious about hiking? Well, with everything that is going on right now, there is a ton of new hikers in the trails. And I, I would say... You know, for the most part, what I've seen um, is being it's been good. Uh, it's been people that are, you know, I always ask, how much water do you have? That's my number one question. You know, you can be struggling, but if you have water and you have snacks and, you know, things to refuel, I think that that's very important. Uh, that will bring your spirits back up and it will keep you hydrated and, you know, off of getting trouble. But um uh, a lot of a lot of people. I think the biggest mistake that people are making today is just they don't know what to do with uh, their you know things that they want to dispose and 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 in parking in certain areas. So just I, I am the kind of person, and I, you can follow this advice too if you want to. That I always have. I plan for one particular hike, but if I if it doesn't pan out the way that I want it, I have plan B and plan C. So I will say when you plan, have multiple options because when you get to a place and the parking lot is full, then you know that this particular trail is is overwhelmed already. So you should probably consider going to plan B or potentially plan C um, just so you are not overcrowding places, you're not creating harm, you're not overcrowding the parking lot where there's been a lot of issues, you know, with that. And and if you are the type of person that need to, you know, there it's it's considering keeping social distance and then you can manage that a lot better, right? It's a little stressful if you're trying to keep your distance from someone else. Um, if the if this trail is pretty crowded that you know that you can you you can have that ability in another place, you know. So that would be my biggest advice right now. Just be conscious of where you're at and what's going on in that particular area and just have, just plan out extra, uh, you know, other, other options. That way you're not, you know, stuck with one option. Um, so. Having a backup plan. That's actually a really good idea that I've never, never thought about. I mean, I'm not as avid as a hiker as you are, but I definitely am like a fair weather <laughs> hiker <laughs> And if I went out somewhere and the parking lot was full, I'd probably be like, oh, no, it's okay. Like, wasn't meant to be. But I think that's a great idea, having one or two backup hikes just, you know, in the back of your mind. Like, I'll share a few experiences that I had with my friend Nate or with my friend Darren uh, that we recently, you know, we, we... we recently have planned things that have not come out the way that we wanted. So we have taken... You know, we have just making a big U-turn and like end up in another state. I mean, not everybody has that ability, of course, but like at that particular moment, that was an option and we were able to do it. And um, honestly, the best adventures have been plan B and plan C sometimes. So it you never know if you plan for, you know, for multiple things, you, you just never know what's going to happen. So it's, it's good to have it. I think, yeah, keeping flexible and being spontaneous about it, because I think a big part of it is 
at least for me, if I, if I know I'm going on this one specific hike, I plan, you know, my day and the day afterwards around it. And I'm mentally preparing myself. This is where I'm going to go. It's going to take me about this long. I know I'm going to be completely done afterwards. Um, and I have then the problem of being spontaneous and saying, it's okay, let's go on a different one. So I think that's definitely something that I'm not the only one struggling with that. So maybe someone that's listening can feel inspired by that. Definitely. I was talking to someone yesterday about that. And, um, you know, they were like, uh, what do I do if, um, you know, if the, the parking lot is full? And, and this is where this idea came out to talk about this, because I think that is very important. Um, uh, right now, we I've been to a, a, I was in Montana two weekends ago. And um, one of the things that I realize is I was in Glacier National Park is that, you know, typically Glacier National Park closes their gates at like midday for Mm -hmm. because they're overwhelmed with the amount of people that are going. And that's all that's a that's a good thing that people are going out there and enjoying nature. That is a great thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I've noticed while I was in the park, it was just um, people were not very considerate of other people's time or like or the you know if they will park anywhere uh if there was no parking space or you know they were just uh, i i even saw a couple and i i think i mentioned this in my story but i saw a couple that we were going down logan's pass and they were parked literally in the middle of the road and if you have taken that road that's like a technically a one lane road considered lane and they were uh as soon as you know we i come around this turn and i see this car parked in the middle of the road and like i have people behind me so we like i had had to slam on my brakes and like um i honked the horn and this couple i didn't notice that they were actually on a ledge taking a selfie (laughs) on the side of the mountain (laughs) and when i honked the horn they got scared and they kind of jumped up and i was like oh my gosh i probably they probably have would have, would have fallen off if they <laughs> it was, honk the horn guy <laughs> oh my gosh i was i was so scared uh, uh that situation but i was also like I, I i couldn't shake that off my head for for a few days because that could have turned into a really really bad situation you know a car accident or somebody injuring yeah. themselves because they wanted to take a picture and you know, so my point is we have to be conscious of what we're doing. We have to, we know that what sometimes that what we're doing is not right. And, and when we're out in the trails or out in nature, um, just for that one picture or for, or for, you know, just, just be conscious, you know, that's why it's good to have multiple plans. It's just, it's it's the right thing to do if not our trails are going to get closed they're going to have more regulations that we're going to have more limitations when we go out there uh and nobody wants that i mean this is pretty pretty amazing right now the way it is you know yeah having the freedom to just be able to pick up and go on almost any any trail without needing a pass or you know a day pass or anything like that exactly that that is very important yeah yeah so what would you say is your favorite hike that you've done in Washington in the last three years? Is there a favorite one? I don't know. I think 
I, I don't think I have a favorite hike. Uh, I, there's places that have definitely, um, you know, humble me. Um, but every single hike that I've done, I pick, yeah. I picked it for a reason, right? Like, um, I, it wasn't for the views or it was for the lake or it was for, um, or it was just for the challenge in general. But, um, right now I'm obsessed with a hike that I haven't been able to do. And every time that I plan to do it, um, so I'm going to call it my favorite, even though I have not done it, which, uh, I'm trying to, uh, summit, uh, Glacier Peak and, mm -hmm. And this is no joke. This is a very, very serious uh, uh, hike. So if you're looking into it and you hear me talking about it, just make sure that you do your research if you decide to put it on your plans. Um, because it, it is one of the most remote um, hikes here in Washington. The approach is insane um, just to get to, you know, start climbing the mountain. And um, you have to go over crevasses and everything. So you have to know what you're doing. Um, this is not something that you just wake up a Sunday. You say, I want to do this, you know. Um, it's not so, a casual day hike. No, no, no. And, um, you know, we were planning on doing that uh, two weekends ago. And we end up, we end up in Montana because uh, the smoke was so bad that we decided to just go to another state, which is what I was talking about earlier. Um, so um, I would suggest that if you hear me talking about it, just uh, do the do research. research. Yeah. And practice and learn. Yeah. So when you're preparing to go on a big hike, like theoretically Glacier Peak, um, what do you take with you to protect yourself from, you know, the wildlife or, you know, any dangers that may come your way? So um, definitely uh, always a first aid kit. Um, it, for animals, I would say... Yeah, well, you, I I have I own two bear spray um, bottles, and um, I typically take one with me. But if I'm with multiple partners, then I share the other one. I've never had to use it. Um, I keep my distance if I see animals. But um, um, I was doing a I was I was doing a backpacking trip recently, and um, I made the mistake of uh, not cooking far enough. Uh, from my campground and I woke up the the next day with uh, tracks of a cat in like literally by my head at where I was sleeping in my tent um, so the, the tracks were like I, and I felt it I felt something like around two or three in the morning like kind of sniffing and I was like I'm pretty high up there's no like little critters or anything like that this is Probably, a, but I was just like, I'm not going to, you know, I just made a little noise and I said, I'm not going to get out of here. And I woke up in the morning and I think the smell that it was on me from the food, I think it attracted uh, a big cat. So that could have turned into a really bad situation. <laughs> so so I, learn from I, the mistake and cook further away from your campsite. Further away. My food was, my food was properly placed, uh, which is typically if you are backpacking, you should have a bag where you're going to put all your food and then you're going to, you should have a small rope that you can uh, throw over a, um, a tree 
and like put it on a branch and like hang it pretty high up. That way nobody gets in your food and you don't attract any bears or any cats or anything like that. But also the prepping of the food has to be somewhere else away from your area. That way you don't attract anything as well. So mm-hmm. I got to go farther to cook. <laughs> I can't even, I would have, I would have been very scared. I'm not going to lie. If I felt something at two or three in the morning outside of my tent, I <laughs> yeah, so it was, I was, I, I, I laugh now, but it was, uh, yeah, my friend and I were like, Oh my gosh, we are idiots. Um, yeah. Live and learn, live and learn, <laughs> live and learn, stay safe, take the bear spray, cook further away. But most important, live, live. <laughs> <laughs> but don't live in fear. <laughs> don't live in fear. So we got some questions for you on Instagram. And one question that I thought was really good was, how do you balance being safe and challenging yourself mentally and physically? Okay, so how do I balance? Being safe and challenging yourself mentally and physically. Because you've got two kids, so you can't just go out there and, you know, do whatever. So how do you, yeah, you can't while out anymore. So how do you, how do you keep that balance? Well, um, so for me, I know my physical limits. So I have pushed myself enough to know um, to know where I'm at, uh, and and that's where I I kind of make my that's how I make my decisions, right? So I stay safe because I know that what I planned was well researched, and then and I'm also not the type of person that bulldoze my way to through an activity right like if this is it if if i think whether it's climbing whether it's hiking whether it's kayaking who cares like whatever the activity is if i feel like i'm not gonna have enough time or that um uh, you know if i'm rushing through things and i i i type i try to realize that i am not putting a hundred percent of my concentration on what I'm trying to do, my focus, right? Like I'm not concentrating enough. And that is where you make a lot of mistakes. So um, I am aware of that. And fortunate for me, I have never been injured or I have had any type of uh, situations where, you know, I have to be rescued or something like that, which I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that. But it is because planning and then knowing myself and then also not being too hard on yourself and saying, I need to finish this, right? Like if it's not possible that day, just turn around and plan it again and, and give yourself more time or whatever the situation may be, or train a little more. And I think that that's very important to recognize and not have that ego ahead of you saying, Oh, this is nothing. You can do this or like rush through this. You're going to be able to finish it. Like right. That, that, that voice in your head that sometimes just is not what you need. It's the opposite. <laughs> and having good and partners I, too. Um, somebody that can wake you up and say, yo, like this is not going to work out today. Like we got, we got to go. There's a storm coming or, you know, there's whatever it may be. Right. Um, uh, it, it, those are people that I appreciate and respect because they are, um, they're, they're looking out for you and they care for you and for themselves as well. So like, it's, it's good to listen to others as well. So I think the, the main 
theory that we keep going back to is being prepared and kind of leaving your ego at the door. You know, don't be taking selfies on the ledge of a mountain, (laughs) you know, don't push yourself. And I think that this is something, um, especially with the rise of social media in the last, you know, however many years, uh, in the outdoor activity, you know, you, you go on Instagram and you see these absolutely just amazing views, people hiking, going to the craziest of places. And you're thinking, you know, maybe I've been a couple times, I can do this too. And I think it's important to realize one day you can do that, but you got to do the little hikes first. You got to get used to being in the outdoors. You have to know how to prepare yourself, how to prepare your tent and everything that you're taking with you before you can go and climb Glacier Peak, for example, you know, you're not just going to wake up one Sunday and be able to conquer it all. Right. I I have, uh, you know, one of the people that I follow on, on Instagram, there's a, there's a guy that just recently, and I was trying to get some data from him, some information about uh, Glacier Peak specifically. Um, and he was going to summit it that, that, that weekend. And I, you know, I talked to him like, at the end of the weekend and I say, Hey, do you, you know, do you finish your, your, your challenge for the weekend? And he's like, well, um, unfortunately I rolled my ankle and now I need surgery, you know, and he, this is a well experienced, you know, mountaineer from Washington, you know, and a few weeks later, yes, he was getting surgery, but you know, it's, it's, you never know what's going to happen. So you have to be flexible right flexible Um, and roll with the punches roll with the punches so anything can happen and having he had good partners with him so they were able to help him to you know get out of that 20 mile hike you know so (laughs) it's not you imagine yeah yeah it's 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 very difficult but it is things that you have to be aware that that could happen you know nature is beautiful is wonderful but it's also very very intimidating if you are connected with it right like if you understand you know if you're surfing hey this wave can take me and like drown me or if i'm you're climbing hey i could fall a rock could fall and hit me if you're you know there's a lot of variables and if you are connected with that instead of just bulldozing your way through it then you're gonna have a really 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 good time this is not i'm not trying to create any fear i'm just trying to wake you up and, and 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 make you think things differently right yeah a different point of view different perspective different things to be aware of yes yeah and stay safe <laughs> and stay safe so one last question for you so you've got two kids how old are they uh 13 and 6 and do you guys ever get out hiking with the kids do they enjoy oh. it as much as you do Oh yeah. I take him out. I mean, I have my six year old since she was probably like four doing 10 miles and everything. I mean, she's, she's a, she's a champ. I think she's going to be really well known around here when she's, when she's older. Okay. Well, thanks so much for being on today. I really enjoyed it. (laughs) Okay. So you've had your daughter since she was four doing 10 mile hikes. How did you, how did you get to that with her? How did you get started? Well, there was a lot of crying. There was a lot of uh, empty promises and <laughs> and a lot of uh, bribery. 
Yeah, yeah. It was basically, you know, in the beginning, it was me carrying her. And uh, eventually I started, like, telling her, hey, I'll carry you in one mile from now, you know, and then that one mile will be three miles. So she would be like, when are you going to carry me? And, and that actually never happened. So then at one point she just stopped asking and now she's just looking forward to food at the end of the, at the end of the hike. So that's, that's my, that's my go-to now. It's like, Hey, you want some pizza after we finish here? So let's go, let's move faster, faster. Let's get that pizza. <laughs> Hey, so soon I'm going to have her trail running and let's see what happens. <laughs> That's fun. We started recently hiking with my daughter last summer when she was four as well. And there was also a lot of bribery for hot chocolate involved. Mm -hmm. And also a lot of playing tag. You know, who can run faster? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Obviously, we weren't, you know, on the side of a mountain doing smaller trails, but... um it's fun getting your kids out there and having them enjoy nature from a younger age. I think it builds an appreciation that as an adult, you might not be able to build if you start later in life. Oh, definitely. You know, it's, it's such an important part. Um, you know, they love camping, they love hiking, they love, um, you know, they're involved in, in activities with their friends also that, that, you know, that is outside. And, and I think that's probably one of the most uh, crucial things for for their development for in my opinion you know so no i definitely agree i mean it's good for their motor skills and there's a lot to learn from nature isn't there definitely <laughs> all right well thank you so much for being on today i really enjoyed chatting with you yeah thank you so much for the invitation i i really appreciate it it's an honor for me to be part of this uh podcast and um if you guys want to follow me on instagram it's uh my handle is j-o-n-e-r-i-c-k one and thank you so much again all right thank you bye all right, have a good day bye Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.